hara taku toa i te toa takitahi, engari he toa takitini. So my success is not just for me alone. Enga mana, enga reo, enga kārangaranga maha o te motu, nau mai anō ki tēnei hōtaka e kia nei ko te ahikā. I'm Justin Murray and this is Te Ahikā on Radio New Zealand National. Each region in Aotearoa has kaitiaki, guardians, and Mariah Rakuraku joins Ngā Ruahine Iwi Daisy Noble at Ohawe Beach, Te Rangatapu, Taranaki, to learn more about some of theirs. And you see, as you come around that ridge and dotted along there, is all kaitiaki. Tell me about the kaitiaki. Uh, we've got one in particular, one I do know and I've grown up with and been told about that one, is to, um, and his name is Potoke. And he's, if you like, in terms of the, of the um, awa, as it heads out to the head, to, to the mouth, he looks after that part of the, of the awa um, as she goes, as she joins up with the sea. And um, when the fishing boats of old used to come in, and that's back to my great-great-grandfather's time, when they used to come in, they used to feed pōtoki. Um, they, bring, they bring in the, the catch, and the catch gets divided up to all the marae back home, back inland, and part of that catch... A portion of it is left aside for Portuguese. Which is as befitting yeah. Tikana. Yeah. You don't take everything. Yeah. You always leave something. And you behind. always feed back afterwards. And so they always made sure of that. Daisy Noble takes Miraya Rakuraku to Ohawe Beach where she gets a history lesson on Hapu boundaries. That's coming up. Jay Marson has lived in Porirua for 30 years. She considers it home, although her iwi links are from up north, and she's well known in the community. Jay works for Waitangirua Action Group, known as WAG, which runs initiatives to decrease tagging and vandalism in their community. They're affectionately known as the Graffiti Grannies. What we believe in is um, making our community look safe, feel safe, um, and, and wanting the people of Porirua to feel proud, um, be proud that our community doesn't look like um, run-down areas, you know. Um, we have a, Porirua has always had a very uh, rough stigma from years ago with uh, mental hospital gangs so forth. So for us to go around and um, make people of the community proud of, of being Porirua people... Kia ora, Jay Marson and Karina Ratana coming up later in the show. Koe ranga kōrero e whaiakine, that's what's coming up in this edition of Te Ahikā. Ko te mea tuatahi. Macy Ricker's story can easily be made into a TV series. She started singing at her mum's restaurant in Whakatane. At a young age, she sung and even released an album while a student at St Joseph's Māori Boarding School. Then there was New Zealand Idol hype during 2004 and 2005 where Macy auditioned for the reality series, only to be told, while well, her style didn't have its place in music. YouTube boasts many Macy Ricker songs, mostly with younger brother JJ playing the guitar. In 2009, she released her self-titled EP and her first full-length album, Tohu. With international festivals and national gigs to attend to, as well as being a mum, Macy has worked on her album Fitzjora for the best part of this year. It took, or oh, at least a couple of years, you know, just to go around and, 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 and collect the songs and, and write the songs, you know, and then, of course, to suss out the musicians. And, of course, we just st- stuck with the same musicians we had for Tohu and the EP because, you know, I love Joel Haynes. I think he's amazing. And, and we and we ended up um, getting a, another guy, um, Michael Barker. He's just recently moved back from Aussie. He moved back home to Tarawa. So, you know, we went out to Hamarana Springs and it was the first album his studio had recorded. So, you know, we were 
really, and, and the vibe out there was amazing. Hamudana Springs is, of course, um, where we filmed some of the video for um, Tangaroa Whakamoto, you know, the springs, the, the blue mm. clear water there, that's Hamudana Springs. So we were surrounded by that when uh, we were recording the music for the album, and, of course, that comes through the album. If you um, listen to it, you can hear, you know, those, those sorts of sounds, those sorts of tones. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 t- it takes a while, and then, of course, you know, to figure out, you know how how these songs would go because a lot of the time that um, some of the composers they wrote for me and that um, I'd, I'd come up with the rangi the the melodies. Yes. So of course I'd sort of have to sit down and and, and suss out the melodies and 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 then some songs felt like duos duets. Some felt like you know just just me by myself and so um, yeah decided all that and then who to get in <laughs> you know um, so I just went with the people that I worked with closely. So yeah, and then of course you had to get the musicians in to record, and and then um, then I and I would go up to Auckland, travel up to Auckland all the time to um, record the vocals, you know, because I was still pretty full on with other co-pupas throughout the year. Travelling and touring and, and all that tra- sort of stuff. Travelling and touring and, and working with other artists, and then calling um, my friends in to come and help me on the album. And Mahuia Bridgman Cooper is the person who's always done the music, who's always mm. the brains behind it all, you know, like. I'll tell them, you know, what sort of kaupapa, like, like for instance, the song that comes to my head is Ruthko Mawaru. I says, this is a, this is about, you know, in honour of the 28th Māori yes. Italian. Mm. You know, I want it to set back in those days. I want it faster. I want it a tune like, you know, Te Hoko Whetuatu. That, that's quite a fast tune, but yep. when you listen to the lyrics, it's quite sad. But um, it, it's set back in those days, and I wanted that particular song to be set back in those days. So he would get in the musicians and get get behind me on that and create the music that suited that. I mean, you started with your um, your EP Macy, and then you released your album uh, Tohu, and mm. this is your is this this is your third studio album. Um, third, yep. Yeah, yeah. What? How? How would you say that you have progressed? Macy over that time? Well, well like I said before, um, you know, from the EP to now, I've had so much more input in, like, just the way of the music, um, the writing, and the designing of the whole album. Um, you know, with the EP, I was, I was just fresh out of, you know, oh, so I just had <laughs> no idea. A <laughs> I had, I had, I had the music, I had the words, I had the melodies, that's all I had. Mm. And um, then I had to sit back with the boys and, and suss out, you know, and they would speak in a different music language and, you know, I just used to just trust what mm. Mahuya would come up with, you know, for Letting Go and for Repeat Offender. I, I gave them an idea on how I wanted to, to spin those songs, but um, he would sort of take it, take away and get the music and then I'd come in and then I'd sing over it. So I wasn't really there while they were recording the music because I was down here in Whakatane. I had a I had job and my family to look after. Yeah. Um, whereas with Satira, um music is solely what I do. Um, Tohu as well, I had a job, you know, so I was doing it on the days, like off days, you know, weekends or whatever. And, and of course, I was speaking in that different language again and I'd trust Mahuya. I'd give him the sort of kaupapa, you know, of the yeah. songs like, like Apollo, you know, you know, I wanted that real um, native Native American sort of sound, and that came out like that, and was, and I and I love that um, that he listened to me on that. But I was hardly there for the music side of things. Whereas um, wow. I was there for the whole thing because I had to be because um, you know um, Mahuya and and Andre and and the people who mastered they don't speak Maori. I'm the only one, so I had to be there to make sure that it, it ran you know smoothly properly. So yeah, very excited that yeah. this album has been is, is, is num- named number one at the moment. I mean, it's a Tiriol Māori <laughs> album, you know. That's so right. It's it's a huge, huge, awesome, awesome um, feeling. Just uh, when I opened it, even if it wasn't me, if it was someone else, and, and it was a Tiriol Māori album, I would have been just as buzzed, you know, because I don't know, I can't, I don't even know the last time that they had a Tiriol Māori album um, number one. What do you think? What do you think that tells you, Macy? Does it does it tell you that um, I don't know? It could mean that a lot of people have just you know followed you and bought the music. Or do you think it's deeper? Yeah. Do you think people are accepting of Te Reo Māori? I think the time is coming. Eh? <laughs> I, you know, I, I work a lot with um, with the younger generation, just with roaming around doing um, New Zealand Music Commission um, workshops with the with the kids and that, and I, and I see that they wanted to sing in te reo. They wanted to sing in their own language and or just put a few kupu in there, and, mm. and that's cool. And, you know, if, if I can just sort of lay some sort of pa 
grass um, in the mainstream world, I guess, then, um, you know, hopefully they'll follow through and carry on. And hopefully we'll see more Te Reo Māori albums being number one, you know, not only in our hearts, but also on those number chart Tātou, I think. <laughs> yeah. So the the album um, may see. Hey, talk about friends. You've got um, Anika Moore. She features on quite a um, quite a, a couple of tracks there. Tamawaipara, yeah. Young Sid, or Sydney Diamond, and uh, Ruia Apirahama even does his rap. Yeah. Well, in there. Um, we were all um, involved in a project last year where um, with the Maori Music Awards, they asked if we could get together. Me, Taish, Ruya, and Sid and JJ, they, they were all with us down there in, in Kahungunu there. And they said, oh, you know, we want you to come up with a song that brings everybody together. Um, the theme, the main theme is unity. So, you know, we all got writing and um, anyway, um, we all presented the songs to each other and they said, oh, well, let's do one. So um, we did, um, it was called Release Your Light. <laughs> and then I thought... I go, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in Tereo as well. So <laughs> I, I translated it as well, and um, I kept the the raps of Umbria and Sydney. I asked them first, and they said okay, because they're down for the Copa play. And and that Parker bit that Sid does, yes. that that rap, that's the only Parker bit in the whole whole I of the album. Know. And I thought, I thought, no, we'll leave it, we'll leave it like that, how it is, because you know he's got the heart, and he's got a heart of gold as Sid, and and the capable of the Waiata's unity. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome fun. And, of course, I got my son in Paul Marie, you know. Um, and he says, our poor poor. He says, our poor poor. Yeah. Oh, it was so funny because um, poor Joel Haynes, he was playing the song, you know, and it, um, he, had, he he did a few takes, but there was this one particular take that he just thought, oh, he felt really, really good about. And right at the end, he was so happy. And then my son ran past the door <laughs> and started singing. He said, you know, and <laughs> I was like, oh no, but you know, we thought, bugger it, we'll keep it, we'll keep it in there, leave it in there. It's 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 to do with the song. It's the copa of the song, you know. It's about the unborn child, oh, yeah, and mother, yeah, that's relationship. It. That's right, because that's at the end day eh, when you can hear right the footsteps the right you at can, the end of the song. Yes. That's him running, running right past the door. We were recording, and poor John was, John was so happy with that take. Aww. You know, and he, like, he was like, "Oh, damn it!" You know, right at the end. But no, we thought, "No, we'll keep it. We'll keep it." And it, it just, yeah, I reckon it makes that that whole track, those little things that boy did. Oh, yeah. and and how old, how old's Heidini? Heidini? Heidini. Well, he was six at the time, but he's seven now. Aww. Yeah, our boy and and Tama. Well, he's my friend and mentor. It's Tama Waipara. Yes. You know, I had to have him somewhere. Home money was funny that hard to get a tune for that song. I had a tune for all the other songs except for Home Money, and I thought, oh. And anyway, I put I set it up in front of um, Tama. We were at his house. I think it was two in the morning or something. And he started strumming away, and JJ came out of the room, and then he sat down, and started strumming, and you know, and then Tama was like, oh, good to up and I thought. Choice, we'll keep this tune. So you start the album with a karakia and you end with a karakia. That's lovely. I thought that was oh, really yeah, lovely. That's, that's how we do all our things in Te Māori. Mm. We always open our hui and close our hui with a karakia just to, you know, just to, to bless the bless the whole thing and and to, um, you know, just have some, have, have it like done properly. So I thought, oh, I'll do it with my, my album nice. as well. You know, start off small, grow, and then go back to small again. Yeah. So Macy, you embarked on a bit of a tour, world whirlwind tour, to uh, do some album signings. How did that go? Yes. Well, that was the first time I'd ever done something like that for the promo week. Usually, I'm doing gigs and stuff. Yeah. Because um, oh, we were so full on right up until you know the um, release week, and we kind of didn't really have time to put on. And plus, it costs lots of money, yeah. Because I would have wanted to. Um, put on shows that had the proper, you know, backing and band and all that sort of stuff, and and just with the budget and everything, it was mm. just just not, you know, it's a bit hard. Um, and so I thought, oh well, we'll do, we'll go to shops and um, <laughs> do little gigs in the shops and sign and meet the people. So we started off at Sylvia Park. We had this, you know, that's a huge mall, man. I haven't hadn't been there really, and. Um, yeah, so Tama was able to come with us and I'd meet and greet the people and then I'd do a song 
Um, we did the same in, in Hamilton, did a couple of sets and met the people, met our people, and then carried on through to Tauranga, then to Whakatane, and then, of course, up to Taupo and Opotiki. In Opotiki, we had a show, so um, that was cool. And then after the show, I met everyone, and they stayed for about, oh, an hour and a half or so, you know, afterwards, and this was 11 o'clock. And nice. by the time we sort of kind of got out of there and um, yeah, signing everything and yeah, so it was a it was a cool experience. It's pretty hard out though, you know, because you're meeting a lot of people and it, and especially in Taupo, it was a continuous flow of people for a good two two to two and a half hours, you know, and you and you got to have that energy per person. So it was it was, it was, it was full on, but um, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed, you know, um, traveling around the Motu. Hey, Macy, yeah. do you feel do you feel the pull? Away from Aotearoa eventually, Australia or um, I, I, I will always stay in. I'll always stay in New Zealand. Um, if I end up going overseas, it'll probably be for like short stints, you know. Mm-hmm. But my heart will always be here. Um, I have to be here. I have to be around um, my all here. It makes me feel strong. I feel very strong around here. Um, when I go to other places, I can only last for so long, and then I feel the pull back home. Yeah, I'm a real home. I'm a real home person. From when I was little, even when I was, you know, at high school, and um, we got to go on trips away for two weeks, you know, for kapahaka or whatnot. Um, after a week, uh, you know, in Japan, I'd, I'd be, you know, moke moke for home. So, I can, yeah, I can I can go overseas, do the mahi and stuff. Unless my whanau come with me, you know, yeah. boy and bossy are able to come with me. I can hang around a little bit longer, but I do feel the pull back home most of the time. Uh, we have it all back here in our backyard. You know the music, the talent, the the, the talent with the band members as well. Um, we have it all back here, um, you know. But if people want us to go overseas, we'll go. That will always come home. Ai, kia ora, Macy Rika. He wahine purotu, he wahine reka kite waiata. She is one amazing talent. The songs that you heard in that kōrero is, of course, from the album Fitzgerald. And to find out more information about Macy and her music, head to our webpage radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. Te Ahika, Radio New Zealand National. Ngā Tiruanui e ngā Ruahine share the boundary where Ohawe Beach, Te Rangatapu, is, and it's where chairperson Daisy Noble was brought up. Marae Rakuraku joins Daisy at Ohawe. So I'll give you a bit of a, a layout of, of, of our entire area that we're um, that that the application relates to in terms of the moana. Right. So where we're standing here right now is all Māori owned. This is a Māori reservation. And it's called Tarangatapu Reserve. And so, in all, there's, um, um, I think there's about 24 acres in. Should be the whole damn lot, but of course, we've only got 24 acres, which stretches from here, from the reserve itself, all the way up the top. And there's a small piece further down at the end of the, of the village, just a little piece here that's part of this reserve. So, right along this side of the road, if you like, as you go up the top, this is all part of Tarangatapu. This here, as I said, is what's called Ohawi Beach. And uh, it's not called that, it's actually well, called Tarangatapu. Yeah, well, you see, the, the history says that this is Ohawi Beach. Ohawi is, you see that further, that first point that juts out? Yes. Is around that corner. It's ages away. Yes. How long is that? that and I that just is, saw a sign over there saying it takes about nearly three hours to get over there. No, it doesn't. Um, we is it this walk- first point just here, or is it yeah, that one no, that's the in the first, distance? The first point oh, just yeah. here. Um, like once you get around away. there, once you get to that point and you go round into the next bay, that is Ohawi Tukatuka. This is the most um, rocky. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely rocky. What's rough? Absolutely. And it comes straight up to a cliff face. Yep, yep. A lot of that is all eroded. Half of the half of the moana where we're standing now, um, and if you look at the view there where it's all pushed out, oh, yeah. that's all been eroded over years. Wow. Yeah. So that's how far she's coming in. Um, Gosh, how far do you think that is? Oh God. Is it like I, what, two rugby fields or about four? Um, during the time that we were down here, we were brought up down here. I would say. Half a rugby field since 
my family, since we were brought up down here as okay. kids, and I'm talking about um, 50 plus years. So it's it's moved about here, yeah, about half a rugby field in, and it continues to do that at an at an alarming rate. Gosh, yeah, and um, gosh, because look how close that is to houses. Yeah, the, the the sad part of that is is that when we were growing up as kids, this place was full of tukatuka. You see the rocks, and it's known as a very rocky beach, but they used to help to combat the incoming tides. But now they've shifted, and because they've shifted, there's nothing there to actually stem the, the, the rush of the moana as it comes in. And as you can see, continually building away at the cliff face. Well, Daisy Noble, is that through man-made intervention that they've shifted? Or? It, uh, I would say that that has a lot to do with that. This is one of the most, um, this area here is, it's built half of Haura, put it that way. All the sand and the peat has all come from here. Right. It doesn't look like it would have been easy to extract either. No. Because of the, yeah. just how yeah. steep it is down to the beach and it yeah. doesn't look like there's some yeah. ideal spots to extract it. So that's... Yeah. When you look at, when you look at half of Harwara, the, the Harwara Township today, that's where the bulk of it's come from, from here, where they just dragged the sand and everything and took it off and offloaded it into the town. So, it's so yes, it is. Part of it is is nature. Part of it is man-made, because of the the continual taking and all that. So, is it any wonder that we have sand and peat and all those things in our application to ensure that it doesn't continue to happen here? You can understand now, eh? The application itself. This place has built Hawara, in my view. How do I know that? Because we were born here and my dad dragged half of it off. He worked here. My dad was only 12 when he started. He, he was born and bred here. He started a job, his work, at the age of 12, driving metal trucks up and down this beach line. He worked here for the next 30, 40 odd years. Knew it like the back of his hand. Knew where the richness of the metal was. There's the crusher over there where they processed it all prior to going out. Yeah. So she really has been raped. How big was the settlement here when you were growing um, up? How many it households? Was big. It was huge. Um, heaps of Māori families. Lots of Māori families. Is there a school here? No, no. See, this beach services happen. This is the... This is the place where the clay is gathered and taken back inland to the marais to look after the people. That's what the stars here. Very few of our beaches has absolute access onto the moana. This, this is, one, is of one of them. This is one of them. The other one is part here, where you can drive onto the drive down right to the beach. This one and the next one along is um, Upanaki. Jeez. But all the others in between. They, they're like um, goat tracks. Mm. Naturally, you've got to climb the high cliff faces to get down to them. So she is. And what's some of the clay that people collect from here? Oh, um, in the old days, they used to have the rock oyster in that. The, the, the normal clay that you know, you oh. know, pawakana, all that sort of thing. But on top of that, we used to have um, rock oysters here at one time. But that was, that's when we were little. Not, not now. Um, is that because other commercial arms are coming yeah, through? Yeah, and... could be, could be. Right. Quite often we've been down here at the beach and we've actually seen commercial boats come right in. Yes, we have. Now, you see this line of rocks? I there? do, it kind of looks like an artificial breakwater, but it's going more along the... Um, in our application, there vertical, is... Vertically. Yeah, in our application, we have also applied or put in the groin. That's it. Is that what it's called? Mm. The groin? It's, it, it's, it's, it's been called a groin. It's a man-made groin structure out there that's like that. And there's another part over there. And that's to allow for boats to go straight out. That's what that was for. All the rocks have been shifted and strategically placed. Right. 
to create a, a, a boatway right. for the boats to be able to push out and go. Right. When this was first built back in 1980s, it was registered to this reserve. And in essence, although we don't sing out loud, we own that. We own assets on the moana, if you like. And that is also part of what we've claimed to look after. Everything that I know that we have grown up with down here is actually in the application. And it's but that's a, not to say that non-hapu members right. or Pākehā boaties, can, the cannot actually, use it, does it? This here is rented by the boaties. That's the Oha we're boating yeah. in England Club. Don't have a problem with them. Still come, park all their boat, all their cars here and their trailers, go down, go go out fishing. Not a problem. Daisy, I'm starting to see why it's confusing because, you know, we're standing like a couple of metres over in front of us. Yep. It's the Oha we're boating in England Club. Yes. And then right by where we're standing is the Te Rangatapu Reservation Trust, so I can see why it gets confusing as to what the name is of this place. Yeah, yeah. So it, it all comes down to what you've been, what, what you've grown up with, if you like. Um, as I've said, most Māori families that have grown up here will always talk about Te Rangatapu. And I always will, because that's just the way it is. But you've got your, your, your community that also knows this place as Ohawi. So, for us, um, it's not about scrubbing off familiar names to people, if you like. It's about making sure that this name sits alongside of that name. You can see it. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, like the treaty. Exactly. Treaty relationship. Exactly. So that's what happens here. So, yep. Um, when, they, when, we, when they talk about, or when the general community talks about Tarangatapu, they will be referring to the land that we're standing on, or the reserve itself. But when they talk about the beach, they'll be talking about Ohawe, the actual moana. And, and that's kapai. Um, but you'll always have those who, for them, there is a difference. Um, who knows, one day we could change that. We're working on it, believe me. So, what's interesting about here is that that first point there, like I said, once you get around that corner, that is what I call Ngāti Nui Territory. <laughs> and is it? Yes. Well, it's a sh where we're standing now is a shared area. What you does know, that mean? That means that um, two iwi, neighbouring iwi, can actually share in this particular area. And who are the neighbouring iwi? Ngāti Ruanui. Yeah. Ngāti Ruanui and... Ngāruahine, which is us and Ngāti Ruanui. That's the Waingongoro River. As she comes in from the, the Maunga, from Goro, comes all the way down and the mouth is here. So, so we can't actually see that from where we're standing, no. but I can see the ridge. Yep, the ridge and it comes right around. Now, the mouth of the river is straight out here. What? Out in, and so as Daisy's telling me this, she's pointing right out, the middle. out to the sea. Yep, straight out the front. Yeah. How is that possible? The course of the river has changed hugely as it comes out here. So much so that it's actually gone and disappeared into right. the but sea. But when the tide goes out, you'll actually see. Oh, right. Yeah. So at the right. moment, the tide's in. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of generations... Back, even back to my time, when we were growing up, the mouth, the river bounds around here, and it would have um, entered the sea round about over that point. Right. And again, you're pointing out towards the sea. Yeah. Yeah. But during my Kuro's time, right. my great great grandfather's time, the actual mouth is straight out the front. It's straight out there. Yeah. Gosh, what does that mean in terms of the freshwater and the seawater mingling? Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, all right. <laughs> yeah. So you must be getting all sorts. My goodness. So what's the water like deeper 
deeper into the river. Um, she's not very deep, just depends. And you see, as you come around that ridge and dotted along there, is all kaitiaki. Tell me about the kaitiaki. Uh, we've got one in particular, one I do know, and I've grown up with and been told about that one, is to, um, and his name is Potoke. And he's, if you like, in terms of the, of the um, awa, as it heads out to the head, to, to the mouth, he looks after that part of the, of the awa um, as she goes, as she joins up with the sea. And um, when the fishing boats of old used to come in, and that's back to my great-great-grandfather's time, when they used to come in, they used to feed pōtoki. Um, they, bring, they bring in the, the catch, and the catch gets divided up to all the marae back home, back inland, and part of that catch, a portion of it, is left aside for pōtoki. Which is as befitting yeah. tikana. Yeah. You don't take everything, yeah. you always leave something and you behind. you always feed back afterwards. And so they always made sure of that. So, um, very, I don't know how many families would um, still practice that today. Oh, well, I'm not sure. But whenever my family come and fish, we know what that means. And yeah, leave a bit of kai behind. So when we came down here and we saw the Fidelis um, yes. memorial up there, yes. what was the position of the iwi in terms of, you know, was it, how was that viewed? Oh, that was a very um, heartbreaking time for all families. Um, because it was a fishing vessel, wasn't it? Yes, yes it so was. So was it, I mean, sometimes people can tend to think, oh, things weren't done right. Hetohu, pia. Yeah, and that's why the old people at that time said they were never found. Yeah. Um, those sorts of things. Um, both sides of the river... As the mouth hits, it reaches. As the mouth hits the sea, there are two koatu there. One is called Kawai, one is called Tokomaru. They're both koatu. That, if you like, they're the gatekeepers of the river mouth between the mouth and the moana. So one of the kaitiaki out here is is, and he has a name, and his name is Aru Aru. The application that we have lodged. Relates to Waihi Stream, my Waihi Key, to Tongatara, which is way around the other side. Now that's what we have put under the application and claimed these customary rights on. Quite simply, when you think about the corridor that I've just shared, and I'm talking about Naruhini, when I talk about um, the Wangunguru, which is, if you like, the exclusive area of the Naruhini people. So where we're standing now, as I said to you, is a shared area. So why do we go from the Waihi to the Tongatara? Waka Papa. That's what puts you there. So if someone challenges and says, you know, Ngaruhine, you just belong over there. I go, no, no, no. <laughs> Our Waka Papa goes across. Never mind what you think the land points are, in terms of who we are as a people, our wakapapa and our kōrero goes to the waihi. Because challenges are just a natural part of the treaty claim process, yes. isn't it? Yep. And yes. often it's the process, which is often criticised by iwi, yep. is that it sets iwi up against iwi. But it shouldn't. That's the thing. It shouldn't. Because if you recognise that there is shared kōrero, shared wakapapa, then it shouldn't be setting yourselves up against one another, should it? You've got to, you know, <laughs> I know. But what I'm saying is quite simply is that if we do it right, the way we should, then we shouldn't be challenging one another to that point to say, bugger off. What we do is recognise that there are some interests. The trick for us is, and I call it a trick is, how do we sit down and explore what those rights and interests are? The Parkey is telling us under the treaty settlement, you tell us what your rights are, and the Parkey will give it to you. In terms of us as Māori, we don't sit and we talk about who we are and what puts us there. So between the Waihi at that point 
to the mouth of the Waimungoro that is shared between Ngaruhine and Ngāti Ruanui. My kōrero when we apply for this is if I am challenged by my whanaunga, I have a kōrero that I can share and say, this is what puts me in that area. What is the challenge that you have against me? I'd like to know. Kia ora, Marae Rakuraku with Daisy Noble. There are pictures posted up on our page, radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. If you'd like to give us feedback about the show or tell us what's happening in your town, your rohe, email tiahika at radionz.co.nz or peep out our Facebook page. According to Jay Marson, Porirua gets an unfair rap in the media and she's qualified in her opinion. She's lived there for the past 30 years. Jay and Karina Ratana are well known in their neighbourhood. Both ladies work for Waitangirua Action Group, or WAG for short. Their building is based at the rear of Marairua Marae and they've worked there for five years. Dubbed the Graffiti Grannies, their role is to scope out graffiti or tagging and get rid of it, mostly with the help of young people referred from social departments or the police. On a warm Monday, I spent some time with Jay and Karina. We have a contract for cleaning graffiti in our community with the Porirua City Council. Um, They originally funded WAG, as we're fondly called by the locals, and they gave us the funding to do an audit back in 2007. Um, this was um, started by Dallas Crampton and Rosie Gallen. Council needed someone to take off the graffiti that we'd gathered on, and so we were able to get some funding to um, get us off the dole and get us grannies some legal money. <laughs> so we went out on the streets and we started um, um, painting out graffiti and we've sort of rolled with that from 2007 to where we are today in 2012. So the audit that you just mentioned, um, Karina, who is also here, uh, Karina Ratana, um, she pointed out you had to go to all the streets, even right out to Pukerua Bay, which is, oh God, what's that, maybe another 15 to 20 minutes drive, yeah. going out towards outside of Wellington and identify all the areas of the streets with graffiti. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, six months it took apparently. Yes, and that was all done um, by hand. So that, manually. Yeah, by manually. Um, take a photo, use a sticker, put it on a map, put the number of the photo to the sticker and a line arrow showing where the tag was situated. It was very um, tedious, but um, great fun, good experience. Um you compare that audit in 2007 to the audit that Karina and I have just finished doing this year, right. uh, 2011, last year, sorry, done with um, the new technical IT machinery that Karina works, not I, um, which was accomplished in a space of, um, yeah, so... Six months to six weeks. Six months to Same six Same areas? Yes, yes. Well, I see that there's a logo on the wall and it says, keep Porirua tidy. I mean, is that kind of like the mantra that you operate from to, to go around Porirua and, and get rid of the, well, I should say, you know, the, the tagging, the, the eyesores yes. of this community? Yeah. I think it's about what we believe in is um, making our community look safe, feel safe, um, and, and wanting the people of Porirua to feel proud. Um, be proud that our community doesn't look like um, run-down areas, you know. Um, we have a... Porirua has always had a very uh, rough stigma from years ago with uh, mental hospital gangs so forth. So for us to go around and um, make people of the community proud of, of being Porirua people mm. um, and... and you know, what we've accomplished in seven years with uh, the HUA accreditation that Poirua now holds. We were the eighth community in New Zealand to achieve the HUA accreditation, which is the World Health um, accreditation. Also, in the last few years, Poirua has taken out something like 15 awards internationally. We took out the IPAN awards four years ago. Two years ago, we took out five awards
in Chicago with our new mayor, um, Nick Liggett. So um, from my point of view, Porirua has come a long, long way from where I started seven years ago. Mm. Um, and we were uh, quite rough. Um, parts of Porirua weren't getting reached because of um, the suburbs that they were. Um, the gang um, influence that that particular part of Poirua had. Uh, so it was really good that um, us grannies, as we were referred to, graffiti grannies, were able to get into these um, certain suburbs and, and you know, um, got on with, with the people. And, uh, yeah, it's about changing mindsets, um, you know, and we've managed to do that in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the last four years I've spent mostly focusing on youth um, because uh, tagging slash graffiti slash vandalism slash willful damage all stems from youth. Um, It's not often you'll find a 78-year-old tagging your fence. So we need to look at who does it, why do they do it, how can we change their mindsets about what they do? And that's a big part of how my mind works. Yeah. And how can I help change that mindset? So it was getting involved with the youth that um, that are now sent to WAG through the courts, police, uh, SIFs, just parents sometimes who want their child or child to... Um, acknowledge and be accountable for something they've done wrong will come and approach me and ask me if their son or daughter could do a day's work with WAG on their school holiday. So, you know, that's all awesome to know that people acknowledge the mahi we do. Between the two women, both aged in their 50s, they have 24, yes, 24 mokopuna, grandchildren and they are well known in Porirua. In fact while we're driving around there's a few toots to most of the houses that we pass and yes they're all waving back. Obviously familiar with the highlighter purple and green logos on their van. Oh yeah. How many seats do you reckon? Oh oh, yeah it's quite. It's a seven seater. Seven seater. And uh, right now we're heading to a couple of jobs within the Purirua, well, Purirua slash Waitangirua community. And, uh, gee, it's a nice day for it, eh, ladies? Awesome day. Awesome day. And you only do this on fine weather, near, not, not when it's raining. Not when it's raining. Yeah, because obviously, you know, you've got to, to do the work and it'll be difficult in, in the rain. So I'll be catching up. Um, I'll be going to an alleyway. Um, we're out here. It's a walkway. We're, oh, to, we're going to do an alleyway got to be careful because some are they're called public walkways, yes. which belong to council, and then there's some that are just straight alleyways. Okay. And there's road alleyways, so you've got to be careful. See, all go. these alleyways, I'm, I'm going to learn new things about alleyways today. There's over yeah. 1,500 alone in the Porirua community. We're talking alleyways, walkways, so uh, yeah, we'll be catching up later. Yeah. Oh, I can see, is that a, oh, there's stairs going up. That'll take you up to McKillop Street which is a shortcut which takes you down to the centre. So, you know, kids that are... So from a practical point of view, murals sometimes don't work, no, um, not, Jay? Not, not, not in areas like this. Yeah. Yeah. This is huge, and it goes quite a way out. With one colour. Yep. Yeah, we had a guy who lives up the back here, and he maintained it for three years. He was a voluntary worker, one of our volunteers. So, and what was his name, um, Andrew? Andrew, Andrew Turner. Andrew Turner, yeah. But just gets a bit much, eh? Well, especially for one well, person he, he to maintain. He would have preferred if it was the same colour, yeah. you know, one colour, because then he could still maintain it. That's but right. As it is now, he can't really maintain it on his own because they've graffiti sealed everything, but it's harder to wipe it off than to paint it. <laughs> she will now go take a photo of it while I paint it out. Then that will get logged onto our data system, yes. Smart Track. And um, everyone who's using the Smart Track data system is now able to, and the police, they can go into it, punch in a tag name, and the top 10 will come up. Wow. Nationwide.
nationwide, my friends. Yeah. So I'm right uh, here right now at the Purirua uh, Graffiti Guardians, Waitangi Rua. Should I, should I shut the door around? No, oh, okay. <laughs> and we're making our way to an alleyway right now. We're um, today's scoping day um, with Jay and Karina, and um, we've found an, an alleyway where there are. It's a green fence with um, tags on it, and Karina's job is to take a photo. That photo will be detailed and uploaded onto um, a smart track system, which is then uploaded onto a database so that other parties can access it. So because of that, Karina's able to take the photo and um, decipher the tag, and then we'll probably know who the kid is. So I know who this kid is that I'm just fighting. Ah, so from the tag, so from the tag you know who the kid is, Jay? Yes. So it's about being able to say, look, I've got 50 of your tags, all the same. You know, and then get them to do it on a paper, match it up with the ones I've got on the data system. Yeah. Which gives them, um, Evidence in a court case, Because yeah. some people think tagging's not an issue. It's on a very low rector scale in the in the police, you know. Right. I saw that and mm. I thought we'll wait till we've got bigger kids in. Okay. A bigger crew. <clears throat> you've got a bigger crew then, you know, then. That gives me work for these tips. Mm. Right, oh, so you keep the bigger tags for when you've Big got a, one. yeah. And I'll go, no, well, actually, I've got a beautiful spot with your name on it. <laughs> Saving it just for you, yep, here you yep. go. And so, usually around the holiday time, um, the police youth aid, court youth aid, they'll get in touch with me and say, I've got four kids, they've got 40 hours. Will you have them over the school holidays? And I'm going to have work for them. So you're talking about that silver tin area? Yeah. yeah. So, so what paint colour would, would that be? Grey? I'll go green. Oh, you'll go green, green right. Yeah. And so the guy, that, the fence that, we've just, that you've just painted, the owner was fine. So the easiest way to get rid of tags is to always paint over, not to scrub with meths or... Oh look, if you can take it off through um, meths or Vandal's Nightmare, which is a solution that we use, and it works on certain surfaces, um, yeah, use use a solution. Right. But the guts of it is, if it's up there, don't leave it there. Yeah. Take it off. Yeah. So that's all scoping, that's scoping. That, what we're doing is scoping, yeah. yep. Um, and we're only just doing here, scoping for us ranges from Pukaroa Bay over to Titai Bay, out to Paranui, back into Porirua and as far as War Place in London because those are the Porirua, within the Porirua boundaries. Yeah. So she's a pretty big area. That's um, right. And because um, Karina and I know the area, we tend to just, um, when we're scoping, hit the hot spots first see what kind of state they're in, um, if it's a big job. We also have an MOU with um, Corrections, who have a van that go out once every week or something, paint, helping us maintain the alleyways. Mm. So it's really good when, when they're on board, because we also clean the uh, Kenipuru Corridor, which is huge, all along the back stream. And we do that all for free. But you know, it, it makes it makes our town look a lot cleaner when you're travelling on the train and you're coming into Porirua. You know, you don't want to look at a place that's just covered in graffiti. That's so. right. Sorry, it's grey and grey, but at least it's clean. So you know, you know how people work nine to five and they leave the office for the day. <laughs> you're literally all all the time. Like if you're driving around and you're not working. You're always in your office because you can always, oh, there's another tag there yeah, on oh, Monday, that's 24/7. what we 24-7. <laughs> My gosh. It's, it's, really, 
get it's horrible when you go away for a holiday. <laughs> it's terrible. All the time. True, yeah, go I'm away. I'm in another town and all I can do is go, oh, look at that. Oh, look at oh, <laughs> these people onto it. <laughs> I go to Auckland and I'm just absolutely disgusted. Because there's so much graffiti. Yes. Yeah. And yet, um, every year there's a realm of money that goes through, you know, through stages and Auckland always gets it. Oh, okay. Graffiti budgets. That that you tender for as well? Yeah. 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 We don't get that. Not big enough. Kia ora, Jay Marson and Karina Ratana, two ladies who are doing their bit to keep Porirua looking good and free of hideous graffiti and tagging. And they're on the move from their base at Marairua Marai to Kenepuru, Namahi uh, Kiarawa. There are pictures, head to radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. And if you'd like to listen to the show again or to previous shows, you can also find the link on the webpage. Anaira Amaisirika with this week's Fakatoki. Kiora, kutaku fakatauki motineira, e harataku toa te toa takitahi engari he toa takitini. So my success is not just for me alone. So this fakatauki, what it means to me is that um, you know you work hard, um, but you always need those people behind you to help push you along, to help guide you along. Um, and it's like when you succeed, it's like we all succeed. So. Um, yeah, just sharing each other's successes. Kia ora, Macy. Next week, you may or may not have heard of The Farno Show. Well, it's a radio show on Gisborne-based iwi radio station Turanga FM, hosted by Lindsay Henare, but it's also a travelling show. I checked out their lower hut show and was in awe of the many crowe and queer that attended, many from as far away as Tainui Waikato, my coverage next week. He struck a chord with many viewers when he appeared on our screens in season two of MasterChef. In fact, social media lit up and called for his return to the show when he was eliminated. Things haven't slowed down for Putararu-based Cameron Petley, as Mariah Rakuraku found out. That's also coming up next week. He mihi tēnei ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki, nā koutou tēnei hōtaka e rere atu nei ki a koutou. Ki ngā kai mahi rorohiko nā mihi. Hoki mai hei tērā rātapu, mai te whānau a te ahika, ki a tātou katoa, mauri ora. <tune>